the history in polyam and pow's podcast in association with the history corner dot org podcasts articles reviews greetings must not get one's knickers in a twist. Hello and welcome to the History Emporium and Powers podcast. I've been flirting with this idea as a concept for ages. However, I needed the right guest. I'm mega pleased to say my persistence has paid off. In this episode, we will chat all things queer Britannia from the 19th, 20th and 21st century. I'm joined by mega funny Mark Bitterston. Is that how you say your last name? Bitter. Yeah, Bittle, Bittle probably. Bittle Stun. Stun Stone. <laughs> yeah. Stun or Stone actually. Eat, I, eat I actually looked it up and it's actually an Anglo Saxon word because <laughs> I'd never I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. Um yeah, so I I it's, deliberately looked it it's up. It's a bit it's a bit it's it's almost kind of quaintly embarrassing now because there's no way for me to say this without sounding like you know, I'm sort of promoting UKIP but but um it is a surname that dates back to the doomsday book so <laughs> um you know well, there you go britain britain first <laughs> yeah. and all that you heard it here yeah exactly you, you're probably on the wrong podcast if you, we're going to be yeah. discussing UKIP and britain first um yeah, definitely but anyway i am joined by yourself mark bittleston <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. or more commonly known on instagram and social media Puffs are us. He's a TikTok sensation, podcast host, stand-up comedian, and what I learned very recently is he's an ex-history teacher, so I feel like we're in good hands. So I just wanted to kick off by welcoming Mark to the podcast. So hello, Mark. Yeah, well, hi, Ollie. Thanks so much for having me uh, on the on the podcast and for getting in touch. As you as you mentioned, yeah, I, I taught history briefly uh, and uh, did history as my undergraduate at university and love history read lots of history and I think LGBT history is so important to learn about because obviously we don't learn about it at school so I'm chuffed to be here yeah no I'm super excited I've been following your Instagram for a while now <laughs> and um, I've oh, um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was texting my friends your your stand up earlier, saying I'm recording with this guy tonight. Like this is exciting. So um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like a bit of a fan girl, but it's all good. We'll be fine. Oh. We'll be fine. Oh, I'll try not to stumble over really, my words. That's really, come on. <laughs> no, don't don't worry. I have the same problem. Um, not with fangirling over myself, but with stumbling over my words. To just get up, get up in the morning. Like, oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm like, God, you. I t- it's it's funny though. Like having actual fans is so incredibly new to me. I mean, because I only started doing like online stuff in the autumn. So, um, to be honest, I'm sort of still in the mindset where. You know, my audience is like nine people in the in the in the sort of back room <laughs> of a pub somewhere in sort of Camden. It must feel strange as well. I always always think because a lot of the stuff that I do as well is sort of behind closed doors. So I record all of this uh, in my bedroom, um, and then I put it out mm. there, and then all of a sudden you're looking at your stats, and and there's people watching it from russia and mongolia and yeah. all this it's very it's really bizarre um 
but yeah, it's like you that it's not that physical side of it, is there yet? Um, yeah, I suppose when lockdown ends, that can change, especially for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It'd be interesting. It'd be cool to see how much if that kind of translates into a a physical following as and when like I'm able to go on stage again. Maybe maybe it won't. Maybe people will be like, no, I'm not interested in seeing it in the flesh. But we'll have to see. Yeah. That'll be the death of you. Hopefully yeah, not. Yeah, quite. Hopefully not. <laughs> well, ju- what's it? What's the date? June the twenty something. You can book a gig June for the 21st. that day. Yeah, for that specific date. Um, so there is some structure to this, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, however, as I'm the the king of the tangent, and also having a bit of a lefty political mind, I'll do my best to keep focused and not rant on too much. However, it might happen for people that have listened to this show before. I can start one area and end up in a completely another area. So we'll 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 just see how it goes. But hopefully, it will be entertaining regardless of what happens. Um, so I'm going to get a bit personal now, Mark, if you don't mind. Good. Um, good, good, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as uh, this episode is about LGBTQ uh, plus uh, people in the UK and the laws and etc. Et so um, just personally for you, kind of what was it like growing up gay? Yeah, I think it's it's such a good question. And it's actually something I was thinking about today because I I do think a lot and I was trying to think today about like, you know, what do I actually think about being gay? Because I was trying to, I'm trying to kind of think about like sitcoms and, and stuff like that at the moment and what I would love to produce. And and I think like what is interesting, I guess, for, for my generation, probably, probably what well, I'd say me and you are more or less in the same generation. But I think is that, you know, I grew up it, in an environment where it is, it was, it is obviously legal to be gay is very much destigmatized. I grew up in a re- relatively liberal enclave of, you know, southwest London, um, with liberal parents. You know, not not particularly like religious or conservative parents. And yet, still, I, you know, spent the age of ages of fourteen to twenty-one, quote unquote, in the closet and variously very unhappy about the fact that I. I was gay and I think I certainly knew you know from a very young age that being gay was something that you absolutely 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 did not want to be mm. you know I think one of the first things you learn to say is I'm not gay pretty much you know in the in the playground or whatever so I think it, it is interesting we are at this kind of place where although it is I guess great although I don't want to celebrate the fact that we're just allowed to exist it is great to to be happy to be able to be who I am and I am a very happy person now and I'm comfortable in my sexuality Uh, uh, but at the same time except that like it, it, it isn't as easy definitely as it should be and and yeah I think people do still struggle even in the most liberal advanced parts of of Mm. this I've 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 waffled a bit. <laughs> no, this is good. It's really like I'm nodding here, like furiously, like mm-hmm, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, can't see yeah. me, but um, but, you... but I think my overall point is that there is a bit of a, a contrast between how maybe we we portray uh, like as both as gay people and how 
it is now portrayed to be gay in this country that mm. that it's it's super easy super simple when that certainly isn't true for, for for every community in this country and even in communities where that are super liberal super accepting it it still isn't what i describe as easy mm. yeah that's it's really interesting to hear other people's sort of views on it because especially for 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 me i felt very alone when i was sort of um discover mm. dis- not discovering because i kind of always knew people say oh when when did you mm. know and i was just like well i i never didn't know like i always knew that yeah yeah um i didn't i wasn't really interested in 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 women sexually like it wasn't for me i didn't mm. quite know what gay meant like but yeah like you said it was it was a bad thing like oh are you gay like yeah, yeah. and at school it was like gay was like a, a slang term for 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 us. I mean, I was brought up in a semi-rural part of Bedfordshire, so um, mm. it was uh, probably less accepting. A uh, very conservative area, the home counties, or just off of. Um, so yeah, I mean, even you know, uh, like football pitches. So the centre point in a football pitch, mm-hmm. they. Um, at our school, they used to call it the gay circle, and they used to like throw people in it, like "Hey, you're gay!" like in the gay circle, and it was just like Jeez. I just knew that that was a a, a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, I, I this uh, it may sound very strange, but as I've got older, I've become less confident with it than I mm. was when I was younger. So I think when I was younger, you kind of have that teenage sort of um, uh, lot of mentality, like you're sort of invincible, don't you? And you want to take on the world and you want to yeah, change yeah. it and all that kind of stuff. But as I've sort of got sure. older, I I do a lot of reflecting on mm. how I'm a little bit envious of um, sort of kids and that now because... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll talk about it later on. Um, but Section mm. Twenty Eight is a big uh, uh, thing in the in the gay community. Um, for yeah. anyone that doesn't know what Section Twenty Eight was, it was introduced by um, Margaret Thatcher in uh, nineteen eighty something, nineteen eighty eight. So that's a year after I was born. And it was in effect until 2003. So that's when I left school. So the the entire time that I was at school, it was illegal to teach children about gay relationships and gay sex. The entire time that I was at school. Like, let that sink in. That's 2003. That's not that long ago. I'm not that old <laughs> yet. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the whole time, the school system was kind of against me and others like me that yeah. were like, "Well, no, that's that's wrong." And we were we were kind of it was drummed into us that that wasn't yeah. that wasn't the correct way of living. And 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 actually, um, I've spoken about this on previous episodes before. I do genuinely feel that's probably why I have some of the confidence issues mm. and um, uh, sort of mild mental health problems that I had before. Because for a long time, I was trying to correct what was part of me. Do you know what I mean? I was trying to correct a behaviour, yeah. or not a behaviour, but a gene that was in my body. And I feel like a lot of people, yeah. p- 
potentially feel like that. Um, yeah, I it's... yeah definitely. My... I think, sorry, I mean I, I no 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 not at all. I, I think we underestimate or undersell because we are we we do want to be positive and we do want to demonstrate that that being gay doesn't doesn't hinder us and that that we you know etc etc et well, i think we do undersell the the mental toll that um as you say whether it's being in the closet or or accepting that you are other or or feeling that you're not part of 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 a community um whatever forms in that that accepting your homosexuality plays on you i think it's it's impossible to to be gay to be queer in even today's society and not in some way be damaged by it or be affected by it for Mm. sure and i think it's very present on where you live as well um if you live in uh one community it might be a lot more accepting than another um Big cities tend to be more accepting as a rule. I know that's a sweeping statement, but just mm, because there's mm. more people in there, the, the change kind of filters out and sort of yeah, yeah. eventually gets to sort of the, the smaller communities. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely I definitely felt like the world wasn't kind of built for us when I was growing mm. up. Um uh, yeah, I mean, like yourself, like my family and that were were very accepting. Um, my dad took a while. He was a military man, ex-military man. He took a while, but eventually we yeah. got there. <laughs> Again, it's about education. So <laughs> if we didn't have yeah. that, um, if that Section 28 hadn't existed, then a lot of mm. people's issues and problems didn't necessarily need to happen, potentially. Yeah. I guess. I mean, um, I think you're right, but I, I, as someone who went to school, you know, uh, well, before, but also after Section 28 was passed, you know, from 2003 to 2011, I don't remember a single teacher mentioning the word gay ever. Mm. Um, certainly not in a positive context. There was no, there was no LGBT stuff in, in PSHE. There was no, obviously no education about gay sex. There was no mention that people might be gay so I, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't think the aftermath showed this kind of flourishing of education. But hopefully, it is ten years on you know, from leaving school. Yeah, different now. So, as part of my work, I get to go in. Well, did prior to lockdown, get to go into some colleges, etc. And um, there are notice boards now, and I see them. <laughs> mm. Um, mm. Which yeah, yeah, I, yeah. it was a shock actually when I first sort of walked in. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, that's good." Like, but I was, I, I didn't yeah. really know. I almost felt a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I was just like, uh, "Yeah." Um, How to react? Yeah, like it was a bit naughty because it kind of took me back to yeah. two thousand, like the early two thousands, and I was just like, "Oh my god, can you imagine if they had that?" At, my school um and i was out at school like i i was just like i think my friend well i know my friend uh, she just asked me one day she's like are you gay and i was just like meh yeah i didn't really say anything um yeah yeah and i mean i never had any problems at school like everyone was Mm. fine with me but Mm. i still always felt that other um yeah and i still do to a degree um 
Uh, and I think it's kind of it's had a knock on effect from from there. Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah. So that was that was that that was a, that was a longer answer than than I expected it to be. But hey ho, <laughs> we are here. I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm just gonna ask you a few random questions now. Some are LGBTQ plus um, inspired, and others are just history related. And then I will get on to telling you some tales um, of uh, yesteryear. So, um, who is your favourite historical character? And why? Oh, good question. <clears throat> I like Boudicca because she kind of feels like she sort of she must have been a lesbian. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. Don't, I I don't accept the idea that that that, that she wasn't. To be honest, um, and just this, you know. <sighs> this kind of almost standalone figure in our in our history in terms of resisting the sort of Roman invasion, the Roman hordes. Um, and like just based out in like Colchester as well, just like this fen hideout mm. where she stood kind of pretty much alone, the Iceni against the Romans. So I think she's really cool. And on, again, on that tangent, it's a bit of a theme here, but um, Joan of Arc as yes. well. Again, like as... Yep. There's much more evidence there to suggest that she she was a lesbian, mm. and again, just yeah, just 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 incredible, just just really yeah, and and such a shame that we have so few female voices from those eras, but really cool, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've talked about this quite a lot when I research female um, uh, personalities in history because people just didn't write it down. It's all via the men that they uh, were surrounded by. It's really hard to get, like, information about these people. But, yeah, Joan of Arc and yeah. um, Boudicca um, is... I mean, they. I can just, like... That, that's, that's girl power before 97 Spice Girls girl power, isn't it? That's... that's <laughs> 100%. Yeah, definitely. That was proper scary Spice. Um, I wouldn't want to bump into Boudicca, <laughs> like, on my way to Colchester. No, she's a maniac. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, this kind of leads on. You might have kind of already answered this, but... Um, mm-hmm. So, LGBTQ plus figure who's an inspiration to you, and that can be past or present, so someone that's still alive or someone mm. that's um, not with mm-hmm. us anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Well, for sure. But I think probably Joan of Arc, it feels so distant in the past in terms of kind of drawing um everyday inspiration is tough i think james baldwin for me is a massive inspiration like both as a an lgbt icon but but also as a black guy um for for the for the sake of listeners who might not know who he is he's like an an american intellectual uh, and a kind of civil rights um philosopher really um around in the in the states died maybe in the 80s 90s Mm. and um and also gay as well and just i think everything that he he writes about his perspective on the world just resonates with me really Mm. so yeah probably him i watched an interview with him when i was researching um a rosa parks episode and some of the stuff Mm. he says i was just like yes like I love you. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah, are amazing. It's... And he he was so 
um, so eloquent with words as well, wasn't he? He just like got his point across so well. Yeah, extraordinary with words and like just still. I think you know so much of what he says is relevant to mm. today as well. So Absolutely, worth, worth looking up. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Um, so, following on from that. Uh, obviously, if the opportunity arose, is it time that we had an openly gay king, queen, or prime minister? Yeah, definitely. I think I think long overdue, and I think like you know it would be classic to be honest that that we got it from the Conservative Party. I, <laughs> I was thinking that. Almost, yeah, yeah. I almost want to put money on it. it. Would be like their their latest kind of demonstration that that they that they're kind of you know plugged into to the modern world um and that would be pretty traumatic for me to be honest because i just hate all <laughs> to be i'm sorry to make this over political but i i, I hate all tory gays more it's, than normal uh, do you know what tory, tory gays and working class gays no, working class Tories, mm. sorry. Not working class gays, mm. sorry gays. Not working who work. class gays. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I just insulted half of the population. Mm. Um, sorry guys, <laughs> I meant working class Tories. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. But yes, I can imagine yeah. it would probably come from, from that side as well, which would be very irritating. Um, yeah, very. Irritating. I actually know quite a few uh, conservative gays, and we don't speak politics. Yeah, yeah it's really hard yeah. um, because we just don't agree <laughs> on anything. It's just, it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, how how um, you know how how short can your memory be? Mm. And and that's only if you're voting in in your own interests, which. I don't think people should be anyway. You should be looking out for everyone, for the general population. Mm. You should have a care for other people. But even if you're just voting in your own interests, you know you're 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 voting for the party that, as you say, passed Section Twenty Eight that that had tried for the vast majority of its twentieth and twenty first century history to ensure that you had less rights than the rest of the population that you were treated as a subhuman and that if you polled most of their party now would still hold a lot of those views mm-hmm. i mean the majority of tory mps around today would have voted against the the marriage act and so on and so forth yeah yeah um anyway. no our entire um parliament system is just so outdated <laughs> um the house of lords all that kind of stuff it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous um and the, yeah yeah as a historian i do t- well as an amateur historian i do talk about kings and queens quite a lot but it's quite good to like date mm. periods in that time it doesn't mean i'm a mm. necessarily a supporter of these old regimes mm. it's just i will discuss them because it's easier to get your head around um like where you are in the the timeline i guess of britain for sure um so my next question is do you feel that we live in an lgbtq plus tolerant society um it's a really really good question i'm actually gonna know and that's mainly because i think that we live in a 
society that is governed by like uh, um, straightness and cisgenderedness and whiteness being the center of gravity mm. and everything else is, is 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 circles around that and the further you are away from that center of gravity the less valuable your life is mm -hmm. um to be totally honest and i don't think although yes like you know th things now are better than they were whatever 20 30 years ago i don't think that has changed i think yeah like a, a, a slightly larger niche has opened up for some lgbt people but the fundamentals of the situation haven't changed which is that we are still this smaller um moon or asterisk gravity you know orbiting around something that we we don't really have access to which is feeling that we are normal that we are part that we that the society is built for us so i, I don't think in our current conception of society that 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 can happen i, I think there's examples of other societies lots of the kind of you know um ab ab aboriginal or first nation societies that that white settlers quote unquote came across where you you do have that situation right where the acceptance of multiple genders gender expressions yeah. sexualities it, it, it doesn't happen in a, a a zero sum you know you're not us you're not normal world but where all, all of these exist and we have names for them and and so on um but i don't think in our yeah I, I, so i i don't think so actually no no and i i would agree on that um i have to do a lot of training uh in my job about um uh terrorism and terrorist organizations etc and to the surprise of a lot of people right-wing mm. politics is now the highest um organization of um mm. uh uh, there, there's a rise in popularity with a right-wing mm. agenda and anything that comes with that is anti-anyone who's not white, not British, not straight, mm. uh, which is scary. We get to see the stats like year on year. I've done yeah. this job for a long time and it's getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, at the moment... Uh, well, let let me take you back to 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 Germany, like pre pre uh, World War Two. So, in between the mm. wars, Germany, uh, especially Berlin, was very well known for being quite tolerant mm. of uh, the LGBTQ plus mm. um, world. Um, and then look what happened. So, just yeah. it, th this is what sort of concerns me slightly we're kind of living in a mm. in a in an age where um you you see on television that every every tom dick and harry has got a rainbow flag on their logo at the moment haven't they mm. um which is which is great but the same kind of thing was happening pre-world war Two in berlin and and it's just mm. just because it's happening now doesn't mean it's always mm. going to be going in the right direction i mean i hope i'm yeah. not predicting the future but um yeah, we just need to, although we've made ground, we need to not give up. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, I think you're so right. I mean, I think one of the things that frustrates me is that I think we're all a bit obsessed, particularly maybe as 80s, as 90s children, really, like end of the Cold War. I think we're mm. all obsessed with the idea 
that like history is tending in a direction right it's tending towards democracy it's tending towards human rights it's tending towards acceptance when obviously in reality like history doesn't tend in any direction right it's, it's just atoms floating on a ball of mass and gas mm. so as you say like unless you know we we fight and work to make society more tolerant to speak out and so on it's not just going to move in that direction without any action from us yeah absolutely and um i mean yeah i mean i was going to ask you this later on but i'll ask you now because it fits in quite nicely so how do you mm. how do you feel about um this sort of explosion of uh, like big corporate banks getting behind uh, mm. the LGBT flag, and there was a uh, an article I read about um, Tom Daly, the swimmer, who was sponsored yeah. by Barclays to go to Pride, and it angered a lot of people because he was mm. sponsored to be there. It was an ad on Twitter, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And it just sort of just seemed like everyone is now saying, oh, yeah, look, we're really inclusive and, and look at what we're doing. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it almost seems to me like, you know, when you get them. No, I'm sorry if anyone's ever done this, but these the, the <laughs> people that um, I don't know, they'll go and they'll be someone that's homeless and they'll go and buy them like, I don't know, a sandwich. But then they'll post it all over social media. Mm. Look what I've done. I feel so good with myself, blah, blah, blah. Like, just do it, and don't yeah, yeah, you don't sure. need you don't need to like, um, sort of post it for self gratification. So it almost feels like yeah. companies are kind of yeah, look at us, look what we're doing, look how inclusive we are. But are they yeah. like under the surface of things? That's what I would really want to know. Like, what yeah, are their exactly. policies no, think... like? I mean, what you've said is exactly my my standpoint on it. You know, I think. That, that that a lot of these for a lot of these companies is just window dressing and what i would you know what i would want to see a lot of parallels with with anti-racism right you know mm. what i would want to see would be addressing you know uh, uh, their workplace scenario how have they actually addressed how how tolerant uh, their workplaces are how easily people mm. feel to express their, their sexuality or gender have they um, supported you know um, trans charities in their community do they do business with or in parts of the world where homosexuality is punishable by mm -hmm. um, by hanging mm. um, so on have they addressed their history of collusion and participation with regimes even for example the Thatcher government's mm -hmm. regime that have punished homosexuality um, and that is the work the 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 rainbow flag is the badge um and i don't think you should get to wear it until you've done the work mm. i agree i agree because it's they 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 have the flag for a month and then it's gone it's mm. like um mm. uh, I, I so recently last year we saw the the massive world sort of protests about the Black Lives Matters and the, the George Floyd mm. and all that awful stuff that was going on. Um, but it was, oh, this is going to sound awful, but to a lot of the world and to a lot of people, it was on trend. So people were hashtagging Black Lives Matters mm. and then all of a sudden they've forgotten about it. Um, yeah. 
I deliberately um, got in touch with my local Black Lives Matter community, saying like, how, what can I do as a sort of white man who will never know sort of mm. the struggles that 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 you guys have faced? What can I do? What is my best approach? Because I don't want to get it wrong. I want to. I I want to be a help and not a hindrance. Um, Mm. So I'm I'm in contact with with these guys, um, uh, and even if it's just sort of passing on information, sort of challenging people yeah. when they say sort of derogatory terms, and actually saying no, it's mm. not okay, um, then I feel like I'm I'm doing my bit. But yeah, I feel like that was like pride, the Black Lives Matters sort of. Uh, yeah, thing was uh, was just that it was on trend in the summer. Um, yeah, for sure. I for a lot of people, not for everyone, it's... obviously, um, yeah. but for a lot of people. And I feel like that with with Pride, you get every Tom, Dick, and Harry in in Soho in London. Everyone mm. piles in, don't they? People that you've never seen support mm. the community ever. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I mean I've I've been to um some some pride festivals before where 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 sort of uh, straight men have got into fights with people and it's just been like why are you there like if you're yeah, not yeah. supporting the community anyway I digress sure. but um I feel like yeah we've got a lot of work to do and within the the lgbtq plus community as well because i feel like that can be quite divided Mm, mm. within itself Mm. um so i mean that leads on quite nicely to my next question so so do you think the lgbtq plus community is inclusive of its fellow members um i yeah i I think it's i I do have I, i swing quite a lot to be honest in my opinion, like on the one hand, I feel like uh, white gay men in particular have have benefited massively from the, the kind of kind of what I was speaking about earlier. Right. The, the closer you are to to what our society deems normal, mm-hmm. which is a white cisgendered man, the, 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 the more valuable your life is. And therefore white gay men can pass quite easily they look like a lot of them talk or act like they are like you know straight cisgendered white men in their actions and so our society finds it very easy to accept them and for example in a funny kind of way gay marriage was almost a a, um, a, a way for for those for, for, for that to become an even more symbiotic relationship right for us to say um we're even closer towards your heterosexual ideal of what life is do you know mm. what i mean um, yeah. and i i do feel to a great extent that white gay men haven't done don't do aren't doing the work required to lift trans black women as an example up to to their status of liberation when mm. it was in in many cases for example in the 60s and 70s in the Stonewall riots as i'm sure you will or have spoken about mm. it was trans black women who put put lgbtqia rights on the agenda um so i i feel yeah that 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 
privilege works within the the queer community in the same way that it does in all other mm. communities and that um and that white gay men aren't doing enough to leverage their their power to I've, help yeah the less advantaged i think it's really interesting that you have sort of picked up on that because that is so when the 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 white cis uh man is um sort of nearer to that ideology of what is acceptable it's almost like they forget what they've obviously got a very short term mm. memory and all of a sudden mm. they're part they're mm. part of the club now so now mm. now they're looking down on um not not everyone this is obviously sweeping statements but not everyone yeah, yeah. is doing that but as as a whole um you get people looking down on uh people that are like black trans because they're like well you're not mm-hmm. you're not a white man and you especially now like i mean you get a lot of um mm. so so sort of being being very healthy being very muscly i mean you'll know this you're very trim mm. it's um it's 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 a very <laughs> archetype um it's kind of how if if you kind of don't fit into that category, you're kind of yeah, you're not part of the club. Um, Definitely. And I as think, you know, a question. Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, no, no. I think, no. I think a, a question to ask ourselves is: you know, have we actually accepted queerness, or have we just slightly expanded the definition of what normality is and pulled in? a large enough chunk of queer people so that that we can go on ignoring the you know all the other queer people do you know no that makes total sense and do you know what i've not really thought about it like that before but yeah that that does make sense You, you you bring in enough of a minority to make it look like you're being inclusive for it to sort of for for the issue to die down for another 10 20 Mm. 30 years um Mm. but yeah i i i at times uh even as a as a as a as a white sort of relatively straight acting in uh inverted commons Mm. like man um (laughs) yeah uh i have especially sort of in my later like years so so sort of going over the age of 30 um and i i put on i put on a bit of weight i'm not as trim as i used to be i mean i i don't go to the gym like i used to i i kind of don't mainly because i don't have time but um Mm -hmm. it is very superficial isn't it like i've i've i put on quite a lot of weight there's 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 no there's no sort of hiding that but i don't I don't get the, I don't get the attention that I potentially once did. Um, it's almost like you're mm. cast off. You go on grindy. It's like no one above twenty five or whatever it is. Like it's all very like uh, superficial. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like the community as a whole have a lot of work to do within the community. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is what I think. Yeah. To, to, to... Yeah. Again, I. It's, it's kind of fits in really with what we were saying is that you know um in in a lot of ways you know gay men are kind of facsimiles 
of of straight men and have absorbed a lot of the language that that straight men use or traditionally use about women to now denigrate uh, you know queer or queerer members of the lgbt mm -hmm. community yeah. or, or less less aesthetically pleasing members of it. so it's it's fine to denigrate camp people it's mm. fine to, to to denigrate trans people fat members of of, of the queer community etc in the same way that straight guys do to women because you know we're oppressed and and we're all members of it do you know what i mean it's mm. a very heady and at times toxic mix yeah yeah definitely and it can be and again that's a comparison that i've not made before but yeah that's kind of where we've absorbed that sort of mm. straight male butchness um mm. and uh, I I remember I, I mean even uh, like pff, last year I remember hearing people talking about someone who was quite overly feminine in uh, mm. in a gay bar but just like really nasty stuff and I mean I'm in mm. I'm in Soho which should be like yeah uh, li liberal for everyone and stuff but yeah it was just like leave the poor guy alone like do you know what i mean like yeah, if he's if he's a sure. feminine and that's and he's enjoying himself mm. by you having sort of stating them comments is degrading and actually that might make him feel really low inside maybe he doesn't realize yeah. or maybe he doesn't um, see it as an issue, but it's not an issue. But um, mm, mm. like, why, why put people down? It's just unnecessary. For um, sure. Yeah, and I think, kind of, uh, on that point, I think I don't know if if you follow or or if our listeners don't, they should follow the brilliant Alok V Menon, um, who speaks brilliantly about kind of queer issues. But but they're kind of main main argument is that it's not actually sexuality that our culture our society struggles the most with it's gender it's people acting outside of accepted gender norms mm -hmm. that that is that that you know people find the most threatening mm -hmm. so camp camp guys for example or or butch um women or or trans people generally those uh, are the kind of main targets of our opprobrium, right? Wh whereas, quote unquote, straight acting, you know, gay guys, relatively speaking, we can you know, pretend that they're, they're, to all intents and purposes, normal, right? Mm. Yeah. And again, I mean, without outing anybody um, at work, um, we had uh, some training that was put forward to us so it was uh, um transgender training sort of transgender awareness i believe it was called mm. um and we had around four people in our team this is not the team that i'm with now different team completely mm. um four people refused to do it point blank we're like i'm really? not yeah i'm not doing it you can't make me blah 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 um but the company Crazy. wouldn't make the training mandatory and it really irritated me mm. i went right to the top and yeah. i was like please make this mandatory because actually Definitely. there's there are people who we work mm. with who are trans and how does that make them feel like if you're saying that this isn't 
part of a, a, a and I'm yeah exactly this isn't part of a legal framework but yeah they were they they just people were just like I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I don't understand it and I was just like well maybe like read it like shall we do it together like yeah, yeah. I'll talk you through it like I'm well, learning was... as well like yeah. but let's learn together was, yeah. um but yeah just well, point blank yeah. And that was that was about a year ago, so that mm. wasn't that long ago. And mixed ages as well, so it wasn't just an older generational yeah, thing. Yeah. It was people who were younger than myself. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot to to be done. Um, work to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I'm stepping away from the LGBTQ plus for a second, and I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you. Um, what or who is your inspiration when you're writing comedy? Oh, good question. Um, I kind of grew up on a diet of Alan Partridge and The Office. And uh, I don't know if you've watched much Summer Heights High. Oh, I um, love it. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah, just love it. So I think kind of stupid combination of like stupid silly humor with also like a lot of deadpan thrown in along the way is probably like what i what i love right just just taking um i think all of those right take an idea to its most kind of silly stupid conclusion mm-hmm. and i think that's why i what i like doing with uh like my my comedy right it's like either taking taking perceptions about homosexuality to to their most ridiculous conclusion or like like interrogating or like making a straight person like the most ignorant they could possibly be about gay issues or making like a, a gay a gay person the most extreme example of a gay person that they could possibly be that kind of thing but every character i find that you've kind of done like i know someone like that like mm. it's although though they are the extremes that you've done i think that's why <laughs> yeah. i find it that's why i find it funny because i'm like mm-hmm, yeah that reminds me of so and so and that reminds me of <laughs> of them so it's like these these real people in 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 life that is that makes it yeah, funny sure. i think um uh, yeah we all we all can sort of relate to to some some sort of strange quirks that people have mm. i guess um so like um like stand up comedian wise like who do you kind of mm. look up to yeah, I, uh, this this kind of this obviously there's there's too many to mention. There's always too many to mention, but I absolutely I love like Frankie Boyle's unapologeticness, and like I always have. Just, mm. He's not, he's always been uh, totally unafraid to kind of speak his mind, to speak truth to power, um, and so that's someone that I've kind of always admired. But probably to be honest with you. Certainly growing up, and even now, I wouldn't say most of my, even as someone who, who does stand-up comedy, I wouldn't say most of my comic like inspirations, the people I really look up to in comedy, are stand-up comedians. Mm. Um, certainly that wasn't what I grew up watching. Like I said, I grew up watching sitcoms. I grew up watching like Monty Python, like sketch stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And when sketch stuff goes right, like mm. it's just it works so well. I mean, I don't know if you remember um, "Smack the Pony" with the the free oh, the brilliant. female cast. Like, I went. Yeah, I recently yeah. went and rewatched it, and even to this day, it 
it just works. So good. Yeah, it just works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Um, and then that led me on to loads of other things, like sort of more modern programs, like Two Doors Down, which is based in Glasgow with the same, um, I can't remember her name, but one of the ladies out of um, uh, Smack the Pony is in it. And it's just, uh, it's just yeah. it led me down this rabbit hole of, of, of sort of lightheartedness. And I think that's yeah. kind of what we what we need because i feel like we forget to laugh quite a lot of the times and this especially in these for quite serious times like um and yeah, like exactly stuff like you're doing and, and 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 people sort of doing similar stuff to you like it's a godsend to 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 people like me who have have been caked in ppe for like hours on end and we're sweating yeah. by the end of it and just we see death and awful things happening and then all of a sudden we're just sitting down oh, and being like oh that's that's really funny like oh i can still laugh <laughs> like it's um yeah. oh. which is nice so um no definitely yeah absolutely no, so. those are the messages that i i love getting when people are sort of like thank you so much you really kind of i really you really made my day and i watched all of your videos and that kind of stuff and i'm always like what's wrong with you like <laughs> you know I, like, I, I just don't i don't really get it but Fine. Yeah. that's really sweet of you but yeah. yeah um yeah people people have to get their kicks somewhere don't they and and you are now sure. on the social media platform <laughs> so you need to get used to people yeah. um uh well if they're not laughing at your comedy they're they're perving over your pants pictures that you post <laughs> yeah. if anyone yeah, hasn't seen yeah. it go to instagram <laughs> and uh search mark to be fair if i had a body like yours then i would be doing the same so um yeah not that i'm <laughs> advertising you as a i'm kind of advertising you no, to all the do. all the all the men now go and pervert mark on the <laughs> On his Instagram, I'll give you a chance to plug everything later, so you can make sure that everything yeah. is is there. Um, so we briefly touched on um, section twenty eight. So I kind of just wanted to go over the formalities of it, I guess. So um, it was a law that existed from nineteen eighty eight to two thousand and three. Um, Tory Prime Minister, surprise, surprise, uh, Margaret Thatcher said at the time, and I quote. Um, children who need to be taught to respect traditional moral values are being taught that they have a right to be gay. All of these children are being cheated of a sound start in life. Margaret Thatcher, yeah. everyone. Yeah. So mm. from from that, what I get is you're corrupting children if you talk about the gays. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I'm I'm very aware that the AIDS epidemic was 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 huge at this this point, um, which sort of gave stigma to oh gay people are dirty so don't talk mm. about them, but what a bitch <laughs> like what an actual bitch yeah, unbelievable. um, so yeah I, I mean there's um so another lady that was involved in that was Baroness Knight. She was a prick as well. Um, mm. So, 30 years after this law was made, um, she she was largely responsible for introducing it. So, she was sort of in Margaret Thatcher's team. Um, mm. She said that she was sorry if it hurt anyone, but her intentions had always been the well-being of children. So, to me, that's a bit of a half-arsed mm. apology. Like... 
she's been almost forced to say that it's yeah. um uh it's now acceptable to talk about homosexuality and she's sorry but she's mm. not really sorry um and like using language like well-being of children um for sure like the assumption that children are innately straight that 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 you know that no queer children were harmed in the making of this because mm. no children are queer just so offensive and misguided and stupid and if 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 anything it's probably done more damage than it than it did if it wasn't there um i know plenty of gay men who feel like they had to uh they were forced into sort of living a life of of straight marriage they ended up having children they weren't happy they then ended sure. up leaving their their wives and 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and then going into uh, gay relationships, but then they were seen as the villain because, well, how dare you leave your wife and your children? But uh, like they were, they yeah. were, they were forced into this by society in the first place. If that if that wasn't there, then none of that would have mm. happened. You think how many lives have been affected by God, things yeah, like true. that? Yeah, absolutely. And relationships between. Uh, Fathers and sons, daughters and whatever, like, just because of this stupid law. Um, Mm. Yeah. Angers me. Anyhow. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go back uh, over a brief view of the law in England um, about LGBTQ+. Do you know all the letters, by the way? I don't. (laughs) Like, yeah. I'd say so, yeah. Hmm. Shall I run through them? Yeah, go for <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we'd we'd have lesbian, bisexual, transgender. Oh, I forgot, gay. <laughs> it's not like us. <laughs> no. Uh, lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, and plus allies. Amazing. That's better than me. Um, Because the (laughs) word um, queer was kind of taken back Mm. from from a derogatory term. Um, And I must admit, when I first heard it, I was taken aback a little bit myself. I was like, what? Like, (laughs) why why are you calling everyone queers? I don't understand it. Um, But then I read into it a bit more. Um, I actually saw it on a Channel 4 programme. It was like... um, I think it was called like brought up by queers or something, mm. and I was outraged, like because I didn't really wow. know that this was a a, a a movement at the time. So I was like, they can't yeah. say that. I said that's disgusting language. Blah 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 blah. And then, um, but they were using it in a positive context. Yeah, yeah. So they right. Channel Four have kind of always been a little bit ahead of their time. Mm. Um, For sure, yeah. with any of their programming yeah all that kind of stuff so i should have just trusted them (laughs) that they knew what they were doing um but yeah it it took me a while and even um i will use the term queer now but it took me a long time to use it because Mm. the only time i'd heard it was in a derogatory way derogatory yeah sure um 
So, sorry, back to law. <laughs> I told you I would tangent. No, um, no that's good. So, uh, in England, Henry VIII introduced the first legislation under English criminal law against sodomy with the Buggery Act of 1533, making buggery punishable by hanging. Okay? We've got Henry to thank for a lot of things. Thank you, Henry. Um mm. So that was uh, that was legal for two hundred years. So for two hundred years after that date, you could be hung if you were um, uh, said to be having uh, anal sex with a man, or sort of just any fondling of any type with a man, and you were caught. Um, you could be hung. So. After 200 years, the death penalty was abolished, though it was only a a minor improvement. Um, So it was replaced by a minimum term of 10 years imprisonment and hard labour. So, yeah, I know. (laughs) Mad, isn't it? We know know how gays feel about hard (laughs) labour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do I have to do that, for goodness sake? Do I? I can't. Yeah. Oh, just kill me. Yeah. I'd rather die. (laughs) This is what I was saying to my friend before we came on air, um, we were talking about, um, like, if there was a zombie apocalypse. And I was just like, I ain't moving, like, out of stubbornness. Like, yeah. if they're running after me, they can just eat me there and then because I ain't moving. Like, I will not be moved out of my own home. No. <laughs> like, Definitely. <laughs> um, oh, what is it? There's um, there's that meme that I, I I saw a while back, and it was, um, hell, hell have no fury like a woman scorned. They've obviously not met mm. a homosexual that's slightly inconvenienced. <laughs> so yeah it's brilliant yeah, isn't it so true. um it's so just, true. yeah i mean i do it at work someone says something to me and it irritates me a little bit i'll stew on it for days and i'll be like right i'll fucking yeah, get, i'll yeah. get them i'll get them <laughs> um so uh yes so 10 years of hard labor um uh, you could still be executed right the way up until 1835 in exceptional in exceptional circumstances. So we weren't out of the woods quite yet. Um, mm. But it wasn't de- decriminalised until... Do you want to guess the year? 1968? Oh, you're one year out. 1967. Nine. Seven. Seven. Yeah, and this was, it was only partially decriminalised. Um, mm. So, it yeah, it and, and it wasn't until the late 90s that it was taken off as being treated as a mental illness. Mm. How Which mad is that? View, to be honest, in my view, to be honest, it really should still be on there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Send all know, the gays to the stuff. asylum. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I can't tell you <laughs> can you imagine gays being in an asylum? It's like putting gays in straight camp. They'd just all bum yeah. each other, wouldn't they? Hundred percent, it'd be great. Yeah. It'd be like a reality TV series. I was always jealous of people that went to boarding schools. I was just like, oh, that'd be well hot, wouldn't it? Like, I'd love it. Probably in a way, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, what's that? You dropped the soap. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, anyway, my mum listens to these podcasts, so sorry, mum. Oh, I am, her. I am sorry 
for your deviant child. Um, so yes, that's that's the way we are until to a few years ago. So we've now got to story time. Story time. Story time. Are you are you read? That was a nice vocal addition. Yeah, I thought you know. Mix it, of, mix yes. it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you ready? Can I be an arse and ask to go to the toilet? Or does that bugger everything up? No, no, you go. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. I just, I don't want to be thinking about my bladder during this story. Don't I'll wee yourself. No. <laughs> all right, I'm back, Ollie. Were you pouring water there or were you weeing next I to can... your desk? <laughs> well, I did do a wee in the toilet and then I just poured myself a glass of Rioja. Oh, Nice. Nice. I just had lemon and Very civilized. lemon and ginger tea because I'm old. <laughs> um, That's so nice. Oh yeah. Do you know what? I've been basically, I've been just because I've wanted to like really, really get really start the year well. I, I did dry Jan and then I just haven't really drunk at all in Feb. But then this week, I don't know. Maybe it's because it was Valentine's Day last weekend, and like both of my housemates are loved up. But. Um, yeah, tell me about it. And I was uh, like, do you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. So I on on Sunday I got trashed and watched Legally Blonde. It's great. I think I saw your post actually. Have you ever seen the musical? Yeah. That's really gay thing no, to say. No, I haven't. But do you know what? I really want to now. So there. So I saw it when I lived up in uh, Edinburgh, and there was this song that had me in stitches, and it was called yeah. um, "Is He Gay or Is He Just European?" Um, <laughs> and it was so that, funny. That is incredible. Yeah, that's they were, so good. Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. It's <laughs> um, just. Yeah, it was great. It was great. You should, if you ever get back to, well, if we ever get back to normal, then you should definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Go. Right. So I'm probably gonna fuck this up a few times, so I do apologise. Um, so I'll start from this bit. So, it's story time. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, Mark, let me take you back to the time of Fanny and Stella. <laughs> good yeah um <laughs> i was like is he gonna be talking about vaginas on the show that's not what i signed up for <laughs> but um I signed up for that <laughs> yeah for a gay guy i talk about them a lot that's good we should mm, yeah i don't know what i like more than um most straight men probably it's very bizarre anyway um, so I'm taking you back to the time of Fanny and Stella. So, in 1870, two tatty-looking girls were hauled before Bow Street Magistrates Court and charged with the abominable crime of buggery. After a night in the cells, with wigs slipping and stubble poking through, it was pretty clear to the packed and panting courtroom that these two ladies were actually young men. You can gasp now. <gasps> Perfect. <laughs> Their names, according to the charge sheet, were Ernest Bolton and Frederick Park. To their oh. friends, they were Stella and Fanny. So, 1870, Britain had the jitters. At, ho <laughs> at home, the Republican movement was reaching tipping point 
Darwin's monkey talk had turned men into monsters, while just across the water, Paris had become a commune. It was a topsy-turvy kind of world, and the sight of two young men in frocks only added to the disturbing sense that things were out of joint. You can gasp again. (gasps) (laughs) I'll, um... I'm going to edit out the bit where I say you can gasp and then you'll (laughs) actually gasp. Um, uh, One way of restoring order might be to put the sexes back into their proper places, which is interesting because it's what you said earlier. Um, Hence Bolton and Park's sensational appearance in court. Significantly and spitefully, they had not been allowed to change into their men's clothing before climbing into the dock. Bastards. Mm. Um, And this was kind of to embarrass them, I think, in front of all these people. Um, So the previous evening, uh, the young men had been on a uh, partially bold spree. So that's what it was called, a spree. They were camping it up in private boxes at the Strand Theatre, and most shockingly of all, using the ladies' lavatories. Mm-mm. I know. How little has changed. I know. Stella and Fanny's outlandish, outlandish appearance and mincing manners, though, were the least of their crimes. Impersonating a woman in public was merely a misdemeanour and might be dealt with Uh, by a fine or by a good talking to. What mattered, though, from the court's point of view, was whether the penis and the anus had ever met. (gasps) Yeah, that's it. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And that, of course, was hard to say. While Stella and Fanny might be the most terrible show-offs, not to mention uh, energetic sex workers... Even they drew the line at um, coupling in public places. Copulating. (laughs) Coupling. Copulating. Courting. Even they drew the line at um, copulating in public places. Um, Over the course of the the subsequent trial, uh, and despite bribing witnesses, the prosecution failed to prove that sodomy had ever occurred, either between the two young men themselves or within their circles of genteel sisters. That's what they called themselves. <laughs> the sisters. Great name. Um, or even in a dark corner behind the haymarket with a passing guardsman. Who knew? We, we... didn't know what was going to happen. Um... Eventually, and only after a second trial later in the year, the young men were found not guilty and allowed to slip back into their lives. So, they ended up touring together uh, in uh, musical theatre. So, they were in pieces called uh, A Comical Countess and A Morning Call. So, that's 18... 70. That's so interesting how many yeah. parallels there are. This yeah. idea, this toy, toilet hysteria, about bathroom, you know, who should use whose bathroom. Um, mm. the, the, the kind of, like we were saying, the, the parallel of like uh, our concurrent political events, you know, what was going on on the continent, the feeling of moral panic, the feeling of hysteria, you know, the feeling that like, Everything is, effect- everything is linked, you know, like w- when 
people complain about woke culture or cancel culture, they would lump that together, wouldn't they? With like mm. transgender people being able to use the bathroom of their choice or, 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 or gay sex or gay marriage. You know, the idea that like once standards start slipping, everything starts slipping. It's yeah. so, that's so... I think the most interesting thing for me about that story is the fact that they were acquitted, right? That they, mm. um, you, ex- you expect, don't you, stories like that to end with they were hung. <laughs> and I, I, but I think because of the publicity behind it and kind of everyone knew what was going on. So um, I don't know mm. if you, I'm going to talk about this in another episode, but the, the Cleveland Street scandal. So I don't know if you know much about that, but it was, it was basically no. a, a, a male brothel in london Mm. and um a young i say young boy so about a 14 year old uh post boy had uh, Mm. been caught with quite a lot of money on him and they were asked like well how how would you get this money like where does it come from Mm. um and anyway Mm. he had been um so men had been paying him and the other lads money for sex now the authorities went to cleveland street and um, all these boys started talking, but then they started mentioning really well-known political names. Mm. At the time, there was royalty potentially there as well. Um, so all of a sudden, yeah. it was kind of brushed under the carpet, like hushed, hushed. Yeah. So potentially, this is what had happened here. So people high up Mm. had been um soliciting sex with uh fanny and stella potentially on the strand um and right let's just let's just shut this down now get it out the news yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so it's to me it has that ring of it but there is actually a book called um fanny and stella i don't know who it's by but um it's a good read, so it's got kind of all the yeah, I'll read it. Yeah. all the um, sort of details. I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting that about the the, the public private thing because I know that that Victorians were obsessed with that kind of public private thing and, mm. and the fact that they they hadn't been caught or seen doing it in public. Presumably, right, that was the tipping point. You know, there were yeah. no no eyewitnesses. Um, where uh, you know because of the Victorian era right, all about decency and, and 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 public persona and and what other people see you doing is essentially what you do um but that's super interesting yeah yeah absolutely and um this was just this wasn't i'm i'm assuming it wasn't an isolated case um i think people assume that gay people have just kind of appeared in the 21st century like we're here now Da-da! um yeah 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 but People have been um, gay forever and a day. Like you, you go back mm. to to ancient Roman, ancient Greece. It's quite common for 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 men to have sex with men, women to have sex with women, um, sure. them to all have sex with each other. Um, it was mm. it it was it was men for pleasure, women for babies, like uh, and the other way round for like mm. women, women and women. It was yeah. Mm. It's only sort of as we've become more modern i guess um that it's uh it's become more discriminated against so that that idea that we were talking about earlier where actually we feel like we're Mm. going in the right direction but are we (laughs) because Mm. we've been here before so um we shall see i I guess that's 
that's it. Like a in many in a, a more globalized world can be a force for both good and bad, right? It, mm. I mean, you know, it's the more globalized world that brought the Elizabethan penal code and British early modern ideas of 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 homosexuality to places like the Caribbean and Africa where they exist before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's now the you know and, and it's now the globalized idea of it's that is going to those same places and knocking on the door and saying you know we you need to to be tolerant of things that you were tolerant of before we told you yeah. to hate gay people <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah the europeans going across the continent trying to um civilize people um, and then mm. tell them they're being uncivilized many years later when they've actually gone. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I've got mm. I've got another story for you. <laughs> um, Ooh, yeah, two time. two stories in one session. Um, so, if I was to mention the name Alan Turing, what do you know? Mm. Yeah, I think I watched certainly watched the Imitation Game, and mm-hmm. I and I do you know what? knew about him i'm really glad you said that actually because bless him my dad who passed away a few years ago um i had completely forgotten it so i've always assumed that my dad did didn't really ever speak about gay people but my dad did talk about alan turing to us and what a brilliant man he was and how sad it was that he was he was criminalized just for being gay mm. so i'm really glad now that i oh, remembered that that's but nice. yeah good so Thanks, Ollie. It's really no. sweet of you to yeah. jog, jog my... No. Otherwise, before, prior to this point, my dad's been this kind of irresolute homophobe. <laughs> Not really. Just, like, <laughs> just, just, just broadly neutral. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Sitting but, on the um, fence. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I guess Alan Turing, sort of architect of, of, of cracking the enigma, right? And yeah. computer scientist, really, in, uh, in the early usage of that word. Yeah. And then killed himself, didn't he? Because they forced him to take um, a hormone, cha- you know, to, to try and change him so that he wasn't gay. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So... And he killed himself. Mm, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> I might have I might have solved a mystery here, yeah. Um, so, uh, Alan Turing was a British mathematician. That's a that's a that's a mouthful, isn't it? British ma- British mathematician, mathematician. <laughs> uh, who made major contributions to the mathematics, uh, cryptal crypt something cryptic cryptic stuff um cryptic stuff logic philosophy and mathematical biology and also the new areas later named computer science so you've you've got a tick there tick 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 um (laughs) so during the autumn of 1939 and the spring of 1940 turing and others designed a um code breaking machine known as the bomb now it's spelt b-o-m-b-e um for the rest of the war sorry go on (laughs) sorry i just said that in a slightly french accent because i had an e on the end Uh, a bombie i've heard you speak french you can you can speak french can't you yeah a little bit yeah Mm, i'm gonna test your knowledge later not that i will know what you're saying but um 
yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so for the rest of the war, the bombs supplied the Allies with large quantities of military intelligence. So by 1942, at Bletchley Park, they were decoding 39,000 messages each month, a figure that rose to 84,000 per month. Two messages every minute, day and night. So that's a lot. So before, everyone was doing that by hand. So before these machines were there, um, uh, like a brief summary of the the Enigma codes. Uh, So it was a German um, coding system of of how to communicate. Um, But it was so advanced that the settings would be changed daily. Um, and they would work from like a logbook, and every day the the setting would be changed, and then the combinations that were there the previous day were no longer valid. So you thought mm-hmm. you'd got to the end of it, and then all by pen and paper, you had to just throw it away, start again. Yeah, sort of up against up against the clock mm. really, to try and work it out. Yeah. So these these bomb machines, um, which I mean, if you go to Bletchley Park, you can see uh, replications of them um i was actually a tour guide at bletchley park so i should know what i'm talking about wow um yeah so these machines that were oil driven so they weren't um so everyone kind of mistakes them as early computers they weren't they were they were oil driven sort of machines um and they smell beautiful like i love the smell of oil <laughs> so uh every time i <laughs> every too. time i go and get petrol as well i'm like oh yes i love that smell I'm all over that. Oh, um, I love it. Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, Alan Turing was uh, basically um, attributed for shortening the war with his colleagues uh, at Bletchley Park f- uh, by years because of these messages. That means uh, mm. the the military could could go to places where uh, Nazis didn't believe that anyone knew they were going to be there, etc., etc. So, um, Turin obviously had a massive, massive part of that. Um, after the war, Bletchley Park was shut down um, and they'd signed the official secrecy act, so they kind of weren't allowed to say what they'd been up to. All the machines were destroyed, all the plans were destroyed. So, um, Turin, um, as well as being uh, gay, he was autistic, uh, mildly, Mm. Um, he was uh, quite a difficult character to be around I think um, socially um, he had a brilliant mind but socially he wasn't wasn't great to be around and especially you're, you're, you're talking uh, this period of time where people kind of don't understand um, yeah. sort of different different ways of the mind working so autism was kind of mm. seen as just being antisocial or a little bit difficult um, yeah so he, so, so later on in life, um, not that there was much later, spoiler alert, but um, he yeah. was, in 1952, he was convicted of gross indecency. So it was a crime at the time, and it was kind of an umbrella term for, like, fornicating with a guy. Um, and he was... Uh, sentenced to 12 months of hormone therapy so basically chemical mm. castration that's what it was he was he was forced oh. to take these chemicals um that would stop 
him getting these urges, apparently. Um, he was then prevented from working at um, GCHQ, which uh, Bletchley Park was... Um, uh, he was basically stripped of all of his um uh, all of his work it was taken away from him um really horrible stuff <laughs> um happened so to this sad. man um and no one in the british government kind of stepped in and said look actually he's helped us he's helped the country blah 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 um so he spent the remainder of his time uh, in Manchester, where he became quite ill um, because, obviously, the mm. chemical castration stuff. Um, and he had been working on, um, uh, like, publications on uh, artificial life. So he published wow. a paper on that, um, describing aspects of his research and, uh, like... Uh, patterns of of organisms all that kind of stuff that i don't understand because my mind isn't brilliant like his um but basically in the midst of his groundbreaking work um he was discovered dead in his bed um now this is where my little theory comes in now the only reason this has come this has basically come from working in Bletchley Park. So if you work at Bletchley Park, you'll see the the placards of, of, of his life and it will always, it will never say took his own life and it never says committed mm. suicide. So, mm. it says died of cyanide poisoning. Now, Alan Turing was in possession of uh, a lot of information, a lot of sensitive information mm. Um, and he had just been treated appallingly. Was mm. he about to talk? This is mm. what was, yeah. Was he about to talk? Cyanide was quite often used to get rid of people. Um, yeah. And when I was sort of chatting to one of the people at Bletchley Park um they'd been they were they they were kind of there at the beginning like friends of Bletchley Park before it became like a big like establishment and they'd been doing their own research mm. and they were convinced that he'd been bumped off because of he was just really? about to talk yeah um but we'll never know I guess and I hope the British government don't come after me now for saying that <laughs> um but absolutely appalling yeah just just so sad really yeah i think like when you and i think uh, turing is obviously it's obviously that's that story and 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 it sticks out to us because of his achievements but i suppose you know he's he, his is one of of millions of stories in that era of people's lives just just tossed into the into the trash, ruined mm-hmm. by by who they were. I mean, I've got a, a I know a very sweet guy who's eighty four. He's a good friend of mine, really lovely chap. But and and he's gay and and he's had a a long full life. He's done lots of of things and you know, but his life is different. It it, it is 
it is different. It is less, and he's in full acknowledgement of that. It is lesser than it should have been mm. because, for the vast, vast majority of it, he he was unable to be honest about who he was. You know, he mm. not only lived through the AIDS crisis, but lived in the period that we just spoke about. You know, the forties and fifties when mm. when you wouldn't wouldn't even mention the idea of, of being gay. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that really gets to me about the Turing story, just how many Turings whose names, you know, we don't know, who, yeah. whose lives were irrevocably ruined by attitudes towards queerness. Yeah. And 1950s, I mean, my dad was alive mm. then. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not, yeah, sure. um, it's not, uh, it's not a million miles no. away from where we are now. Um, but yeah, I always feel a bit sad for Turing, like, and the Turings that are the unsung heroes. Um, mm. he was pardoned of his crime, um, which has sort of opened a rabbit hole of, well, actually, surely everyone should be now, mm. um, so, I mean, there was talk of it happening. I don't know if it actually did happen or not. I'll have to look into that. But, um, yeah, like, it's no good after they're dead, though, is it? <laughs> like, it's... No, um, no quite. It's, yeah, they'll they'll never know. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a sad tale. I'm sorry I've depressed you, though. No, not at all. Do you know what? I am now just having a quick flick, and I'm now, I'm now hooked... Because, as you say, there's a lot of speculation, not not to remotely to, to kind of downplay the suffering he undoubtedly went through as a result of hormone treatment and, 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 and the treatment of him. But, but there is a lot of speculation as to how he died. So that's going to be my sort of my sort of conspiracy theory fodder for the next few days. Mm. Let me know. Let me know your conclusions when you when you come yeah, to it. Well. Um, Okay, so, I mean, I could go on forever about different stories, but what I'm going to do now, we're going to get a bit light-hearted as we come to the yeah. end. So I've got some quick-fire questions for you. So Great. I'm going to ask you either-or questions in relation cool. to history um, subjects or topics or people or places, so... But I want your first answer. It's got to be quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Okay. Elizabeth I <laughs> or Elizabeth II? First. St Paul's Cathedral or Westminster Abbey? Westminster Abbey. Van Gogh or Banksy? Banksy. London or Liverpool? Liverpool. Victorians or Tudors? Victorians. Shakespeare or Dickens? Dickens. William or Harry? <laughs> fuck the both of them and fuck the lot of them. Well, well said. <laughs> um, uh, Eiffel Tower or Blackpool Tower? Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Art Deco architecture or Brutalist architecture? Oh, hate them both. But 
pushed. Ugh, brutalist. So what is your favourite then? Oh, just probably like, um, I don't know, uh, Gothic or Tudor or I really love um, Moorish South Spain and those kind of Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a ridiculous answer! That's no. my favorite type of agriculture. Love it. <laughs> Love you it. know, like the Alhambra. Yeah, um, yeah. Like that. that will yeah. go in your novel yeah, one yeah, day. Yeah. I went. Yeah. Before... I just love the Alhambra. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is the last one. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is not really history related at all, but well, well, kind of. Kilt or trousers? Oh, um, to wear or to look at? Both. I'd like to see a man in a kilt. It's really nice, isn't it? Because you can see the sort of musculature of their upper leg. Only um, if you've got muscular <laughs> legs, though. Like, people who are really skinny true. can't get away yeah. with it. You need, like, yeah, rugby exactly. players. Yeah, exactly. Rugby player in a kilt. I'm up for that. So, I'll go kilt. Mm. I'm interested to why you said Dickens over Shakespeare. Well, I think like Dickens just, I think he really captures an element of like the gay psyche. Like, I'm a. De- oh, really? I'm okay. Heart. Yeah, I think so. Like, out, at heart, I'm a depressed, downtrodden orphan. You know what I mean? Like, everything. <laughs> that reminds bleak. me of um, George Orwell's Down and Out in Paris and London. Like, just. Just yeah. down and depressed. Well, I used to really like Dickens until I saw mm. a documentary mm. on him and he was a bastard to his wife. An absolute bastard. Really? Yeah. And now I don't like him anymore. Like, even though oh, I've got... Oh, God, I wish you hadn't... Yeah. Okay, I won't tell you. I wish you hadn't told me that, to be honest. Yeah. He was a twat. Now I'll, now I'll have to, yeah. He, like, now stopped his kid you. seeing his their mum and he like yeah he was oh, oh he's just an arsehole yeah sort it out dickens sort it out um i think like but shakespeare obviously incredible but also intriguing like what was the deal like you know was he was he a one person like was he gay Def- I just shakespeare was like definitely was gay definitely. Definitely, definitely well he didn't he definitely. write all them sonnets to men um, Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. Re- now, like controversially, I don't really like Shakespeare, um, mainly because really? I never, mainly because I never understood it. Um, so I've, I've yeah, actually, there, but... I've actually bought some easy read English versions of them. So, uh, yeah, nice. I'll, uh, I'll think, give it. A yeah, go. I mean, I think there's. I don't really like the, the snobbery of of modern British theatre and like this obsession with endlessly redoing his plays but richard the um, third again and again uh, and again yeah, it's like really but i, I yeah I, I think yeah i think they're pretty cool yeah i mean we did um the merchant of venice at school mm. um which is just a massive like um hate the jews play isn't it that's kind mm. of what it mm. comes mm. across as like shylock the yeah. The the Jew is taking everyone's money. I'm just money. like, so you can't yeah. teach us about homosexual relationships, but you can teach us how to be anti-Semitic. Great. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and that ties it all quite nicely. Nice. Did you see what I did there? 
I did, yeah. <laughs> really well done. Um, Mark, it has been a pleasure. It's been oh, an it's been such pleasure. a pleasure. Thank, thank the play in the words of Xenia Honor Top from um, Goldfinger. The the pleasure is all mine. Da-da. Are you going to sing Goldfinger <laughs> now? Please sing Goldfinger. No, I mean. I mean Goldeneye, so I'm wrong on both counts. Oh, see, I wasn't even... I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just shows how butch <laughs> how butch we are watching yeah, 007. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when people come on the podcast, I give them a little opportunity to plug the shiz out of themselves um, because yeah. share and share and share alike and all that so if you want to sort of tell everyone where they can find you on social media platforms yeah, and YouTube and all that kind of stuff more than, more than happy to, to butt plug myself as it were <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such, such a tired do you know what I, I'm like so I'm so obsessed with um, butt plugs like, what people's with butt plugs <laughs> Mate, but with do you know what the main reason that um i, I have the the username puffs that i do on social media is because like when you do stand up it's really hard to, to 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 say something just before you're about to leave that is funny because you kind of you can't say the punchline of like your your last bit or whatever because like that's the bit you do before that. Mm. So it's like how can you say something pithy? So like you have so but a really good way to do it is like follow me. My my, um, my username is such and such, and uh, puffs are us always gets a laugh. Um, it's a good name. So yeah, I think it's hilarious. But yeah, I like. I now weirdly have have quite a lot of international followers who don't understand is at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I my my dad would always call like you know that thing that you put your feet on. And he'd be like, "Bring the puff over here." I was like, "What do you mean, yeah, me or yeah, me yeah. or the footstool?" Yeah, <laughs> touche, touche. Yeah, yeah. I think like I don't think the word puff translates internationally at all. Because I, I did, I did this, this Instagram live with this American guy, and he's like, "So, like, tell me through, talk me through your username, like Puffasaurus. Is that like, is that a dinosaur thing?" <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. Um, no, but anyway, I won't take up any of, more of your time. But my my username is Puffasaurus, and you can go and follow me for generally gay com- comedic content, occasional thirst traps and more <laughs> yeah just comedy comedy and pants that's your uh that's, that's that it, should be yeah. your tagline oh uh, your dog comedy. yeah you've got a new dog haven't you yeah i've got a puppy that's some puppy called betty so she's very cute she's on there sometimes yeah she's very cute. making making her appearance but yeah i would recommend exactly. to anyone to go and follow mark um it genuinely makes me laugh um because i recognize (laughs) the uh the characters that he does um and i look forward to hopefully 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 being able to come see one of your stand-ups when we are allowed and you get some more stuff booked in and Mm. more material and all that kind of stuff if that's what you're going to do if not i will continue to watch your social media stuff and yeah, well, we'll be, I'll have to keep that up now. I've actually got a fan base, but I'll hopefully be returning to live as well. So yeah, so yeah, definitely. 
Okay, well, thanks again, Mark, and it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers, Ollie. Bye.